Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. So I'm joined today by Mr. Gary Kernahan, the, the manager, the coach. I'm not sure the terminology of Team Visera, but Gary, I do have some news for you right off the bat. Um, what's, it's quite funny. What's that, David? <laughs> we've, we've, we've added a name to our band list on the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Ross McLeod, um, obviously for reasons that he came on and attacked and destroyed my character a couple of weeks ago, has been banned from the show. Uh, but Scott McLeod has informed me that Daniel Campbell is now banned from Saturday Draft Live. What do you, what do you make of this information? Well, I, 100% the right decision to ban Ross McLeod. <laughs> we, should, we should just ban him from the ESSR and, and a lot of things would be right with the world if that <laughs> happened. Definitely. What has Daniel done to poor Scott? Um, he did not agree that, the ES, uh, that Saturday Draft Live was the best show in the extra feed. And well, that's, that's not. That's uh, Scott. Scott has put the hammer down. <laughs> I mean... Well, that's because it's not the best show. Four Way Fate was the best, but of uh, given, I mean, this particular episode with you and me will be the greatest show in the history of ESSR. I don't. I think we should just stop all production after this because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that we can top what's about to happen today. <laughs> Absolutely not, go. Exactly. Well, listen, we're going to do our normal thing. We're going to get into the top three picks for the week and we're going to run down the table. But we're also going to talk about Team Viscera in depth and see if the sort of... I want to see if you agree, Gary, with what I said a couple of weeks ago when we get into it, that your team is a really good team, perhaps just in the wrong season. So we'll see what's going on with that with Team Viscera later on. But we're going to start. We do have a three-way tie for third place this week. Um, and it is Miz and Morrison. Um, R-Truth and Rollins and Murphy who are our three competitors uh, who are tied for third place this week. Gary, you look at it 13 points for all three, it's a high scoring week, obviously we've just had Super Showdown um, Miz and Morrison belong to Scott McLeod, R-Truth also belongs to Scott McLeod um, and then we have Alan McLucas who's drafted Rollins and Murphy uh, I just want to talk to you obviously those three teams doing really well a title retention, a title win, and a good gauntlet performance among them. Out of those guys, when it came to drafting time, who was it that you wanted the most out of those three picks? Well, Seth Rollins was my MVP in the last season. I was I was mm. desperate to get him back. I knew the chances of getting him back were remote because I was picking five. But what I didn't see happening mm. was Alan McLucas picking Rollins and Murphy as his number one pick. I said mm-hmm. to Alan at the time that I thought it was risky. I said to Alan uh, when we were sat together in Blackpool, he was sending messages out saying that he had a plan all along of how he was going to win last season. <laughs> Baloney, he was the luckiest man alive. I thought <laughs> Rollins and Murphy was a was a, was a bit of a pun. I didn't see them last, and I don't see them last as a tag team. Mm-hmm. But it's turned out to be a nice. I, I, I imagine them having more singles matches than they ha- have had. Um, mm. But actually, this has turned out to be quite a nice way to put Rollins in the spotlight without him getting involved with the title picture. So yeah. Really a, bit of a surprise for me. 
I have to look at it as well, like because he talked about that decision, and it's what I questioned at the time. But it seems that Seth Rollins is like the holy grail of the draft because he is, as a single star, the overall top scorer of all time. If we accumulate the points for every season, Seth Rollins is twelve point five points ahead of Roman Reigns um, with that with that figure. Um, we also have to look at this season, though, Gary, like you say, and Rollins and Murphy, whether it be a questionable decision or not, are far and away the best tag team for this season. So you can't really question Alan at this point, but the question is, will they last until WrestleMania, do you think? No, I, I don't see them lasting to Mania. I, don't, I think this decision of Rollins and Murphy as the tag team champions to be generally a curious one, because... When you're in a stable which actually has a tag team within it, it mm. seems odd that you give the tag titles to the other two. I think mm. something just to keep Rollins uh, busy for a while, and I think he'll move away from that into a singles feud with yeah. him. I'm not sure, um, but it just makes me wonder if if Seth was a singles star in this draft, how much more. Points could he be put onto the board? It just depends because the way the tag teams work is quite complicated, and we've seen yeah. you've been stung with it in the past with the picks of like Asuka uh, and the Kubiki yeah. and stuff like that has been a particularly shaky one in the last couple of seasons because unless they appear together, then you don't get points for the tag team, and if it's a singles match as well, you need to even get appearance points. The other tag team competitor to be at ringside, you still don't get points for the win. You know, if it's a singles match. So with Rollins, you'd imagine there hasn't been too many singles matches for him recently. But if that starts to ramp up to Mania, then it could harm Alan McLucas. Apart from that, the other two picks at third, both from Scott McLeod. And we'll talk about his climb up the table in a little bit. Um, But we're going to get into our number two pick this week. And it is the big dog, Roman Reigns, 14 points. He is the captain um, of Ross McLeod's team. Gary, we're going to, there's been a lot of controversy regarding the manner in which Ross was able to pick Roman Reigns. I just want to ask your opinion on it. Absolutely. The rigged, the rigged raffle that, <laughs> that happened, it was uh, an abomination that should never have been allowed to happen. But that's what happens when you have somebody as crooked as Stephen Wilson running the podcast. <laughs> You're exactly right. But regardless of the way he got Roman Reigns, he's a good pick to be captain at this point. Um, I can see him mouthing off in the draft chat already today. He's saying, look, Roman Reigns is my captain. So he is going to get points. He's saying Edge is on his team. He's going to get points. Do you think that Roman Reigns is enough to push Ross McLeod to victory, considering that Stephen Wilson tried that plan last season and it didn't quite work out. Yeah, I tried it in my first season in the draft and it didn't Mm. work then either with Roman. I wouldn't pin all my hopes on Roman. With the feud that Roman's about to go into, Mm -hmm. I see Ross accumulating more appearance points than match victory points Mm. uh, at this stage. And... You know, he has done exceptionally well recently and Roman's climb has come at my expense with the, his victories all coming against Baron Corbin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I actually really like the point you make there, Gary, about the appearance points because, like you say, he's going into a feud with Bill Goldberg who 
Um, I have very strong opinions on the booking of The Fiend, but that's not how what we're here to discuss today. Um, what I will say is I can't see Goldberg showing up in SmackDown every week. He's not going to wrestle matches in SmackDown. Roman Reigns doesn't have another sort of sub-feud boiling over because he is done with Baron Corbin at this point. And you'll be, you'll be happy with that, uh, Gary, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I completely agree with what you're saying about Roman. Someone that might be a bit different in that regard, though, is the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey, And she is the new captain um, of Smells Like Team Spirit, which is Jack Graham's team. She's picked up 21 points this week. That is over, um, that's 50% more points than Roman Reigns picked up this week. So it's a big gap at the top of the table. I love picking Bailey, And it was pure accident that I didn't pick her in this draft at the number one pick. You have a long and storied history with the SmackDown <laughs> Women's Champion, Gary. So I want to ask you, do you think this will continue to WrestleMania? Who do you think she will face at WrestleMania? And will she walk out of Mania as champion? Oh, Bailey broke my heart. Um, <laughs> she has been uh, a draft MVP, um, really good pick for your close personal friend, Jack Graham. And this one, she has uh, had uh, an extraordinary year or so um, since her heel turn. I think in 2019, she appeared in all but one of the pay-per-views that happened. And the one that she missed was TLC back in December. That's quite phenomenal. Uh, heading into Mania, I think, I expect that we might get the Sasha Banks feud finally. Maybe hope leads to a Bailey face turn. Yeah. Um, if they're ever going to do it, they've got to do it. I, I'm bored with the Bailey character as it currently is. Mm -hmm. um, and looking at the SmackDown women's division, I don't know who else there is for Bailey to feud with. She's been there with uh, Lacey Evans recently. Mm -hmm. She's recently title matches against Carmella and Naomi at Super Showdown. It's hard, isn't it? Because the only other spanner you can see in the works is we had the rumours come out this week that Sasha Banks is being touted for a match with, in my opinion, the greatest women's wrestler of all time, Trish Stratus, which would be something completely out of left field. And it wouldn't, you wonder where it leaves Bailey in that regard. Is it going to be maybe a multi-women match where she doesn't need to get pinned to lose the title? Something like that that protects her after Mania. It'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Uh, but when you look at Bailey, she has been traditionally an absolute steal as a draft pick in whatever season she has been in. Um, she is the number three highest draft scorer of all time. A cumulative 127 points for Bailey alone in the history of this draft. So she has hot property. The fact she always goes in round two might be something that changes next season when people start to realise how good she is at picking up points. But we will need to see. Now, Gary, I do need to get into Team Visitor. Oh, do we have to, David? It is, it's the feature of this week, Gary. And the thing, the story with you in the draft is, I think you always pick what looks like excellent teams on paper. And then for some reason with bad luck, they don't kind of work out that way all the time. You get what I mean? Yeah, so we look We look at it, if we dissect it, you have a really, really strong number one pick with Charlotte. And I want to talk about her first because she's the captain of your team, right? 
And she is the sort of shining light, I would say, going forward for you. Because I want to ask you the question, does Charlotte continue to feature on Raw and NXT Weekly? And do you think that's enough to keep you slowly but surely climbing your way and grinding your way up the table? I think she will continue to appear on Raw and NXT. I think she has to appear Mm -hmm. on both, as does Ripley, to build this feud, to build the interest in the the NXT women's title match at WrestleMania. Whilst we love NXT, it is a fact that it doesn't get as many eyes in the product as the other shows Mm -hmm. do. What might go against me, however, is uh, appearance points versus match points. Uh, yeah. Charlotte, up until now, has not had many matches. It has been mainly appearance points, isn't it? Um, exactly. And a lack of title up. matches as well, compared to Ripley. Ripley has 42 points for the season. Um, she is the current highest scorer of the round one picks. Charlotte has 24 points, but Gary, the the... the defence I will give you there is that she is uh, the third highest scorer in the round one pick, so not a bad round one pick by any manner of means. Yeah, yeah, it's just the rest of them that are really letting me down. Those are the guys I want to go into specifically, um, and I want to talk about your tag team right here, Gary, and that's the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders who in past seasons, and we look at past performances, when you look at tag teams, the Viking Raiders are one of the highest ranked tag teams. In fact, the highest ranked tag team in draft history. They have a cumulative total of 104.5 points in the history of this draft. That is the highest of any tag team. In season two, they picked up the record amount of points with 59.5 points for the season for a tag team. So you picked the Viking Raiders quite high up. And you're thinking, this is a surefire bet for those guys to go on and maybe drive my team with those tag team points. Because there are career tag teams. You don't have the problems you have with the Kubiki Warriors. You don't have the problems with Rollins and Murphy. But they've only picked up six points for you so far this season. And they've just came off a loss to the OC at Super Showdown. Gary, I need to ask you this. Like... Was there ever a doubt in your back, the back of your mind about picking the Viking Raiders? And if so, what logic do you think can be applied to their just dismal performance this season? No, there wasn't huge doubt in picking them because up until that time, they had been featured heavily mm-hmm. on, on Raw. They, I had them in the season you mentioned, David, when they were those top scorers in 59.5 points. They were my yeah. team then. I would love them back the season after that, but couldn't get them. Mm-hmm. Pick at five. Um, there were a couple of really good teams off the table by that point that I had my eye on mm-hmm. as well. I had my eye on the Street Profits, but they went in the rigged raffle. <laughs> I was picking much further down the train than me. Yeah. Um, so... I wasn't, when they were left on the table by the time I got to five, uh, pick fifth, I was keen to grab them. (sighs) The problem has been they're just absolutely directionless now. Mm -hmm. They went from being featured and having purpose and direction to dropping the titles and a hotshot angle with Rollins and Murphy and have done very little since. They've obviously been part of the that that storyline going forward with the uh, with, with Joe and Owens that despite 
the four mm-hmm. of those faces joining together couldn't lay a glove on <laughs> uh, Rollins and his disciples. And the fact that we yeah. lost the OC, the OC, who are also directionless, yeah. anyways, just speaks to what's gone wrong with the Viking Raiders and probably what's going to go wrong with them for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you don't see a direction for the Viking Raiders going forward. And it, that's kind of the same with the rest of your team because Lana... She's appearing with Lashley, but Lashley is directionless, which means Lana's directionless going into Mania. Um, you have Rusev, who has injuries and contract disputes right now. So it's meant he's picked up a, a cumulative total of zero points since she drafted him, which is, again, bad luck because those two going into the draft were involved in the hottest storyline on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. But the reason I picked Lana, she was a last pick, and I was actually torn between going for Lana or taking a punt on Otis. I actually mm-hmm. should have went with Otis. I should have taken that punt. Yeah. But I decided to go with Lana because in previous uh, drafts, my last choice, I think the last uh, draft I picked uh, Chad Gable. Yeah. And uh, I suffered from having somebody that didn't appear or then appeared lost matches. So I thought with Lana, she would appear more or less every week. She probably won't have any matches, which also mm-hmm. put me in the backside because immediately after picking her, she had a match with Liv, Liv Morgan to blow off their feud, which I thought was done by that point. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they lost, so she, we lost some points there. And Rusev has just been kidnapped, hasn't he? Nobody's <laughs> seen tight. Despite being massively over, featured enormously. I mean, the time that Lana, Rusev and Lashley got on Raw, yeah, compared to what they get now. I mean, it is absolutely stark. They've gone from, like, uh, uh, Vic Joseph territory there one day, <laughs> gone the next. <laughs> yeah, they've absolutely been axed in the Tom Phillips regime. I think it's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. So we'll run that down so far. Charlotte, good pick, but bad luck that she's not having regular matches or title matches. Viking Raiders, unlucky that this is the time they're cooling off. Rusev and Lana, nothing less than completely just bad luck that they, that storyline has ended because of contract negotiations. Let's look at Corbin and Orton now, alright? Now, Randy Orton could be your way forward because Randy Orton has been engaging in many feuds since the Edge attack um, that happened on Monday Night Raw the night after Edge returned. Now, obviously, we know that's setting up a Mania match against Edge, which Randy Orton is ultimately destined to lose. We know, we basically know that. But between then and now, Orton is going to get a, a, a semblance of a rub off of smaller guys who are looking for revenge on behalf of Edge. And we know he'll be appearing this Monday on Raw, and we know he'll be appearing every week on Raw going forward. So I'm not worried about Randy Orton for you. Baron yeah. Corbin, though, Gary, is the real question. Because Baron Corbin, in this, the history of this draft, has been drafted from the number one position. The number one position. You got him at round three, and he's only picked up three points for you. Now, we know that's because of the Roman Reigns feud, and Corbin has just been completely sold to Roman Reigns in the last couple of weeks. Is there any hope with Mania season that Corbin is able to make a recovery and do something here? I'm not confident, David. Oh, uh, God. I'm not confident at all. Um, I thought when I picked Corbin that the the match at the Rumble was the blow-off with the Roman Reigns feud and it was yeah. both of them to go on and do something. And Corbin has been featured heavily on SmackDown. 
he's been given huge amounts of the time that on that show. And when you look at WrestleMania last year, he had a marquee match against Kurt Angle. My logic was, you know, they've invested so much time and effort into this guy that they will get behind him and give him something else to do because he is one of their proper true heels. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, he wasn't on SmackDown last night. I can't fathom where he's going to go. The IC title might have been a place to go, but that's um, doesn't look like that's the direction of travel unless yeah. uh, he picks up with Braun after the Elimination Chamber. So I really have no idea where where he's going to go. I'd be I would be really surprised if he didn't have a match at Mania. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to do something with him at Mania, it's going to really have to start soon. And the Mania card's starting to fill up and yeah. there's no obvious place for Corbin on it. I will say the one the one shred of hope you have for Corbin is the Intercontinental title match at Mania. I'm not convinced there'll be a one-on-one match. In fact, in the past, they've liked to do huge multi-man ladder matches with the IC title at Mania. And if there's anyone who would be able to take the title off Braun and go into a feud with Braun after a ladder match at Mania, it could be Corbin, you know? Yeah, I mean, the multi-man match at Mania would be a good thing to have back because Mania's missed, in my view, not having money in the bank at it. Yeah, definitely. And that IC ladder match is something they did for a couple of years. Obviously, we had the Zack Ryder surprise win as well. So, Gary, I think what we say is true. Your team is a strong team and it would have performed well in previous seasons. It's just been a case of wrong team, wrong time for you. Do you think that's a good way to sum it up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At the time of picking them, the logic is there. There was nobody in my, there's nobody I picked that was a sort of, oh my God, what am I going to do? Who's yeah. left? All the guys I wanted are gone. Moment within it. Um, so I, you know, I was happy with the decisions I made. It's just, it's, fate has conspired against me, David. <laughs> As it conspires against the best of men, Gary, don't you worry about it. We'll see, hopefully something happens that we don't see coming. But we are going to run down the table. Uh, at number 10, we have Stacey Smith, uh, team wine lover. She keeps trying, you know, she keeps trying, she keeps trapping away. Um, at ninth, Gary, we do have team Vista for the reasons that we talked about today. I mean, Thank God for Stacey. The fact that Stacey is two points behind me is just unbelievable. Poor Stacey, man. Well, I'm not faring much better, to be honest with you. Um, I am in eighth place now with 55 points in Team Goat. Um, Seventh is Jack. Sixth is Daniel. Fifth is Alan McLucas. Fourth is Scott McLeod. Third is Stephen Wilson, who I think is a dark horse in this, but I'm going to run that down next week. But I think Stephen could pick up his second draft title. Uh, in second place, we have he who must not be named. And in first is Mr. David Hockney um, with Team D- D1 is H or whatever silly name he's given it um, this year. Uh, Gary, I want to ask you just a prediction. Who's going to win? I think Ross is going to win it. Um, wow. he, uh, you know, it sticks in my throat to say it. The guy that's picked seventh that ended up with Becky Lynch... Yeah. Uh, ended up with Roman Reigns, they end up with Street Profits. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to win it. Do you think so? And is there, if he wins it, will it taint his reputation a wee bit? Like, I mean, with, I have a reputation to begin with. 
Jeez, oh, jeez, oh. I have to say, if Ross wins it, it will be questioned a wee bit just because of the way it happened. Now, to be fair to him, it was it was approved. You know, I mean, the powers that be ESSR approved that method of of drafting. You know, in the end, it went through. So, in the eyes of this season, it was legitimate. But next season, do you think that a blanket ban should be put on things like that? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, we just need to see how it pans out. Um, guys, listen, thank you very much for tuning in to Saturday Draft Live. And Gary, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, David. It's always nice talking to you, but this draft has been season has been painful for me. <laughs> I just want well, it to be over now. I'm glad oh I'm glad we could offer you some some free free therapy on the situation <laughs> here at Saturday Draft Live. Uh, guys, don't forget to check out every other show on Suplex Retweet Extra, um, including the phenomenal show Four Way Fatal uh, with my guest today, Gary Kernan. Check out Alba Gugraps, check out Ross's retro reviews, um, everything that's on that feed. And don't forget to check out our main show as well, where you can check out the history of the Elimination Chamber, which is currently up. So for myself, goodbye. And from Gary Kernan. Goodbye. Thanks, David. <laughs>